Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And today we're going to be talking about a very interesting subject, and that's this. Have we become ashamed of the gospel? I mean, that's a valid question, right? Many people these days seem to be hiding uh, behind whatever they can to try to tame down the Christian faith, to try to, you know, kind of hide in society But if we really think about it, we are charged to be unashamed of the gospel. We are are charged in Scripture. Romans 1.16 says, you know, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew and for the Greek or, or for the nations, okay? But have we become ashamed of the gospel? In the American church, I guess you could call it, have we become ashamed of the gospel? I mean, we've, we went through a difficult time of two years, two and a half years, some, some places of COVID-19 and everything that came about after that. And when I hear a lot of things these days, I'm, when I, you know, I'm, listen, I'm listening and hear a lot of things on social media, oftentimes it seems like I'm hearing a very tame message. What I mean by tame is that we don't want to rock the boat. Let's not really talk about that. Wow, that's a red button or that's a hot button issue. That's like a, a real problem there. Let's let's stay away from that because if we don't stay away from that, you know, we could have less people coming uh, to the church building on Sundays. You know, we could have potentially less money coming in. All these different things when really it's never been about any of that, beloved. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if we're ashamed of the gospel or if we're ashamed of Jesus Christ, the Lord basically says that then when you come before the Father in heaven, I'm going to be ashamed of you. I'm going to say, I don't know who they are. You know, there are some sobering scriptures uh, throughout the Bible, Matthew chapter 7 being one of them. We have this picture, this man standing there, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And Jesus says, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. In other words, you did all that stuff, but we never had a relationship. You you were referring to me as Lord, but yet, did you ever obey me? Did you ever listen to what I asked you to do? And, And I think that is what it comes down to, isn't it? From the very beginning, all God has ever required of man was obedience, starting in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden, God said, you can have all this. I've made all this for you. You're going to be blessed, fruitful, multiply. Just one thing. Don't touch my knowledge tree. 
Don't touch my knowledge tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, what does man want to do? Want to touch the knowledge tree. Want to press the red button. Want to do exactly the opposite of what the Lord asked us to do. And so, throughout Scripture, we see many examples of this in Scripture. We see the children of Israel. Moses has the children of Israel there, and he says, look, put before you today life and blessing, or, you know, death and a curse. Pick one, basically, right? We see the prophet Elijah asking the nation, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Are you going to serve Yahweh, going to serve Almighty God, or are you going to serve Baal? And the word of God says that they answered him not a word. Other scriptures, you know, we can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't have two lords at the same time. And so we really are in a place now, beloved, where the church is being called to make a decision. And that's, am I going to try to remain relevant and popular and and not really hurt anyone's feelings, not offend anyone? Or are we going to be who God called us to be? That is a church that's full of the love of God. However, also those who are unashamed of the gospel, unashamed to preach the message that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but receive everlasting life, John 3.16. But the other side of that is if you reject Christ, then you won't receive everlasting life. You will continue going toward the fiery destination that all of us are headed toward. From the minute we come out, we have the original sin of Adam upon our life. And the Bible says, in Adam, all die. So whether you may not think it's fair, maybe you do think it's fair, but from the day we are born, we are rebellious. We are, we are, we have an original sin upon our life because we're in Adam and in Adam all die. But the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being the last Adam. And the Bible says that the things that Adam messed up and things that Adam failed to do in the garden, Jesus Christ was faithful to do as the last Adam. And so that's why we need to be something called born again. And when we're born again, we live for eternity. But have we become ashamed to talk about these things? Has it just become, okay, we got a couple things, a couple principles we can learn from such and such a scripture today, uh, and then we're going we're gonna to call it a week, and we'll see you next week? Or are we really after the radical, on-fire lifestyle that we find in the book of Acts, where the early church, and by the way, Jesus Christ is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church like the church of Acts, or maybe even maybe a step further, because, you know, that was where the church started. That was the birth of the church. And we know in Acts chapter two, things that were going on that were If you were ashamed of things, you probably weren't going to be part of what was going on in Acts chapter 2, because the statement fools for Christ was on full display as you had people who appeared to be drunk, stumbling out of an upper room, just been baptized by the Holy Spirit, okay? The power of God came upon them, tongues of fire upon each of them, the 120 that are in the upper room, and they all come out and they start speaking in other languages, And they're acting like something's wrong with them. And we need to understand that that is the birth of the New Testament church. 
That is the origin. You know, a good friend of ours came to preach at our church this past week, and he basically made this statement. He said, look, if we think that we're going to clean this up now and make this pristine and make this like, oh, you know, we're holier than now. And, you know, we can just dress this up and make this look proper and all these different things and, and negate the fact that the birth and the origin of the New Testament church is that there were unqualified individuals, 120 of them, who were arguing beforehand and that only by the power of God and only by the Holy Spirit were they able to get in, the, in one accord, come in, in unity with one another, and then those people who everyone thought was unqualified then became the messengers with great boldness to be witnesses to everyone in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So, these days... Everyone wants to be qualified. Oh, you need to go to school for a certain amount of years, and I'm not knocking that. If you want to go to school, that's fine. But these early disciples, these apostles, they walked with Jesus. They didn't have any formal schooling. They didn't have Bible school. They, you know, they walked with Jesus himself. And yet, at the end of the time that Jesus had with them, he said, you guys still don't get it. You still don't get it. I need to go away, and I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you Holy Spirit. And he is going to testify of me, and he is going to convict the world of sin and of judgment and of righteousness, okay? And so, we cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. But have we become ashamed of the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody. There are a lot of, quote-unquote, churches out there that have programmed the person of the Holy Spirit right out of their meetings, because, up oh, that looks weird. Oh, we can't have that. Well, someone spoke in tongues. I don't know if that really goes on today. Oh, people are using gifting now. Uh, that could get out of hand. No, no, no. The New Testament is full of apostolic letters that is written to the churches to help to teach those leaders how to have things decently in an order, but by no means quench the spirit of the living God. And I'll tell you, somebody said this the one day I saw it on Twitter, I believe it was, but somebody said, if the Apostle Paul were around today, I think most, if not all the churches would be getting a letter that we need to come back to our foundation. If a house decides one day that it's going to try to move off its foundation somehow, it will crash and be a pile of rubble. And if we decide, whatever it is, whatever the foundation of something is, if something tries to go away from its foundation, it may not realize this, but the result will be catastrophic fall. People in our nation right now, they want to try to redefine the Constitution. They want to take away all the founding uh, documents. They want to redistribute things. They, they, want to, they don't like our foundation of the United States of America. God inspired the Declaration of Independence, and he inspired the Constitution, or even going back to the Mayflower Compact, really, what he did was he made the United States of America different than any other nation. We had Judeo-Christian values. That was our root. That, that is what the bedrock, that is the, the foundation of the United States of America is Judeo-Christian values, okay? Jesus Christ is a chief cornerstone, and that is why today so many people are now uncomfortable with what 
our Constitution has in it and what our Declaration of Independence has in it. And I wonder why, because a lot of the things that you find in there are biblical concepts. And we have a culture right now, including some people that call themselves the church, beloved, if we're honest with ourselves, that are trying to get as far away as possible from the the biblical foundation of things. Okay, well, you know, that scripture's good, but that one's kind of mean, so we can't preach that. You know, uh, stick to preaching New Testament, stay away from the Old Testament, because, you know, sometimes, man, God seems mean in the Old Testament. Listen, we need to preach the full counsel of the Word of God. And by preaching the full counsel of the Word of God, we get the balance of Scripture. We get the character of God, and we understand that God is love, but God is also sovereign. We get the, we get the understanding that grace is by no means a license to sin, and our sin debt was paid in full by the precious, priceless blood of Jesus Christ. We can't be ashamed of these things. We can't be ashamed of the cross. We can't be ashamed of weeping and crying in the presence of God. We can't be ashamed to testify, to give a witness regarding what Jesus Christ did in our life. Have we become ashamed of the gospel? You know, when you think about the gospel, I think of the word harvest. And a harvest in a simplified definition simply is this. The activity of reaping, gathering, and storing grain and other grown products during the autumn and also the grain and other grown products themselves uh, even during other months. Harvest. I also think of the word evangelism. The word evangelism is this. It's the commitment to or act of publicly preaching the gospel with the intention of spreading the message and teachings of Jesus Christ. Okay? Christians who specialize in evangelism are often known as evangelists, whether they are in their home communities or living as missionaries in the field. Also, when I think about being unashamed of the gospel, I think of the word witness. What is a witness? A witness is someone who testifies to what is seen or heard and verifies what is true. In court, a witness must swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And we've, many of us, if not all of us, have heard that before. But again, how can we be a witness if we refuse to testify about what we've seen or heard. Man, when Jesus Christ saved me years ago, all I could do was talk about Jesus. I still talk about Jesus a lot. And you know that if you follow me on social media. But we cannot be ashamed to talk about Jesus Christ. We can't be ashamed to talk about Father God. We can't be ashamed to talk about Holy Spirit. We cannot be ashamed to talk about the three persons of the Godhead, amen, that are one. We can't be ashamed. Listen, God took a bunch of people who were, for all intents and purposes, you could describe them as ashamed. You know, Peter was hiding, trying to self-preservation. I don't know who Jesus is. I've never seen him before. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't with him. Others were scared. Others scattered. Okay, over 500 people were given the invitation to come to the upper room, but only 120 showed up. And when, when they showed up, and, and God's spirit moved them to be on the same accord in one mind and all these different things. God was moving. Jesus praying, obviously, at the right hand of the Father. Things changed forever in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says this, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared on them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled, how many? All of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and what? Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So 120 of them were there, 120 of them were filled. That means, that's what the word all means. And they spoke with tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. And then we see later, again, they stumble out of the upper room. They look like they're drunk, and they start uttering the mysteries of God. Okay? They start preaching. And then Peter, who was petrified, and he was terrified, and he was all afraid of everything, then begins to give the the discourse and gives one of the greatest sermons that's ever given, you know, talking about, you know, you did this to the Son of God. You crucified Him. Repent, every one of you, and believe and be baptized. Now, listen, every one of us might find ourselves right now that we're being persecuted. People are saying things about Christians. People think Christians are kind of crazy. If I'm radical, uh, I'm going to be a problem for somebody. Listen, you can't be worried about that kind of stuff. You need to be who God has called you to be. Be free, brother, sister. Be free to be who God has called you to be. Walk in love. Walk in the full armor of God. That means you've got salvation, you know, on your head. You've got, you're walking in the righteousness of God, right? Your breastplate, you're walking in truth, your belt, you're walking in peace, your shoes, you're walking in faith, your shield, you're walking in the word of God or walking, you know, speaking the word of God, right? However, and you're walking in love. However, we don't have to apologize to people for who we are. Come on, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Say that with me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for all nations, for the Jew and for the Gentile. Romans 1.16. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. When the Holy Ghost hit people in Acts chapter 2 and the New Testament church was birthed, listen, they gave up all manner of, I might, I might look pretty foolish right now. They didn't care about that anymore. What they cared about was serving Jesus Christ. What they cared about was continuing the mission of Jesus Christ. And what was the mission of Jesus Christ? It's found in Isaiah chapter 61. And it's also in a previous podcast that we've done. But do not be ashamed of the gospel. None of us wants to stand before God and, and God say, you know, I'm ashamed of you because you are ashamed of my gospel. You don't want to be in that place. And we know we're living in the end times right now. And so I would encourage you more than ever before, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Be unashamed of Jesus Christ. Be unashamed to worship the Father in spirit and truth. Be unashamed to speak in tongues if you're able to. Be unashamed to to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Be unashamed to walk in the gifts that God's given you, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Be unashamed to walk in the love of God. Be unashamed to talk to people about needing to have the fear of the Lord. Be unashamed, my brothers and sisters. And if you're listening to me today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, listen, 
God's goodness and kindness is leading you to repentance right now. You're hearing this for a reason because there is a destiny, a royal destiny over your life. And the Lord God Almighty wants you to understand that you can be who he's called you to be and you can be unashamed to be that person. I believe it's time for the church to arise and shine like never before unashamed of who God has called us to be. If we're a radical worshiper, then we continue to radically worship the Lord and even get more radical. If we're a radical preacher, then we continue to preach the word of God, the whole counsel of the word of God with great fire and boldness, like the old generals of the faith used to years ago when there was great awakenings and things like that. Okay, if God's, if God's gifted us in other ways, then we're unashamed and we're radically obeying the Lord no matter what. If you're a prayer warrior and you're radical in prayer, be unashamed of how radical you are in prayer. Pray. Allow the Lord to show you what to pray about and begin to pray. Churches need prayer. Pastors need prayer. Five-fold leaders need prayer more than ever before. Amen? But do not be ashamed of who God's made you to be. And do not be ashamed of his gospel. For again, it is the power of God unto salvation. Many other world faiths, they seek to gain the approval of their God by doing this and doing that. And I need to do this more and I need to do that more. But we as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are the only world religion or world faith, I guess you could say, that our God stepped down and did something for us. We're not trying to gain his approval, his acceptance. We're just receiving what he did for us by responding in faith to his tremendous grace. And so I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every listener. Lord, for those who might be feeling ashamed right now, maybe you're in a nation right now where there is tremendous pressure and they're telling you, don't you dare preach the gospel. If you preach the gospel, if you keep preaching this Jesus stuff, you know, your life is over. I want to encourage you today, beloved be unashamed of the gospel. Father, I pray for those in other nations where this is going on right now, oh God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would move mightily. I pray, God, that you would open up doors, Lord. I pray that you would change the minds, oh God, of those officials, oh God, in those nations. And I pray for those in the United States of America. I pray right now, Lord, where we still have opportunity to preach the gospel with some persecution, but not like some in other other third world countries and other countries. Lord, I pray that we would use it and we would bolder than ever before. I pray for all the listeners today that they would use it, Lord God. Use the boldness that you've given them, Lord God. Use the, Lord, use the authority, Lord God. Walk in the royalty, Lord God, as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And Lord, that they would be unashamed of the gospel, that we as the church would be more unashamed of the gospel than ever before. Because when we are unashamed and we walk in boldness, there are lives changed because your word, oh God, changes lives. And so, Father, we thank you and we bless the people in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace, his shalom. Until next time, goodbye. If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. 
Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiplied millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, Millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.